0: Welcome to the Win the 16 Podcast, presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 Podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to Win the 16 podcast today. Uh, As always, thank you to Carrie and the production team for all your support and help. I am Dave Pygon, the co-host of Win the 16 podcast. Today I'll be not necessarily flying solo, but uh, my normal partner, Dr. Bud Pygon, will not be with us. We have a guest today, and I'm thrilled to have Robin Clark. I'm blessed that I was able to find her and bring her on to the podcast today. Robin Clark is the founder and CEO, CEO of Winning Wise. She'll tell us all about her background and she'll give you a, a feed, some information on her and what she does. And what I'm so excited about having Robin on this podcast today is. Her expertise is is in career perspective and things of that nature, and I know in growing up in many different organizations, this is a hot topic. It was 20 years ago, and it still is today, so I would like to welcome, I don't want to say guest anymore because she's become a friend of the family already in a short period of time, Robin Clark, welcome to Win the 16th today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. Hi, Dave. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing great.
0: Oh Fine. no no no! No, when your <laughs> when your PR person emailed me and said we've got a rock star, you've got to talk to her. It took me all of about two minutes and a phone call to my brother, like we got to get her on uh, like yesterday. So, <laughs> thank you so Thanks. much for jumping on, and it, it truly is a thrill. And as a Chicagoan, that was just icing on the cake for me. Yes.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Our whole company and all our work is over there in Chicago. We work in multiple places, of course, but everything is kind of headquartered out of there. Great city. I love Chicago.
0: Yes, yes. So, Robin, why don't what I think would be right out of the gate, you'll do a much better job than myself. Why don't you tell our audience um just about you? what you do and your organization. I think they're going to find it interesting. And then we'll start diving into some of the topics that we talked about. Uh, so why don't you just give everyone your background, Robin, and what you do? I think it'd be great.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, I think Dave. I will. I'm the founder and CEO of Winning Wise. We are a talent and organizational development So, you know, we really help organizations and people both grow in support of each other so that, you know, each one in partnership can achieve the objectives that they're looking for. We'll help organizations with strategies and programs and practices and development of people. And then we help individuals to be able to really function well inside those systems so that they can You know just strengthen their um, their own careers and their own capability and their ability to achieve and project their lives in the way that they want to i've been doing this work for 30 years it is definitely my career but it's also my passion my hobby my thing you know i love it i love studying about it always trying to figure out better practices it's just a for me it's a field so filled with positivity because we're always looking forward you know yeah we have to look back for insights and reflection and learning but the focus is always on how can we take even greater action in order to go forward and achieve more of what we want to achieve whether you're a person or supporting an organization and being able to do that so that's i think why i fell in love with this craft long ago and haven't stopped yet so
0: you know in the time that we've spent together You've taught me a lot already, so thank you. But I think what you bring, besides all the intellect and this career perspective and human resources, even, you, even though you and I, we laugh about the word human resources, what it means to some people versus other, and you'll dive into that a little bit today. Uh, the word I use is you bring coolness to career planning perspectives. So the way you talk about it, your excitement, It just seems really cool the way you describe things. So I love
1: it. Well, thank you. Thanks for that. You know, I mean, I have a huge, I guess, passion around it, you know, because the reason that I'm so passionate around it is because it is what people's lives are. I know that our work isn't our whole life and crystal clear on that. And though, when our work is going well, our whole life feels better. And you know that because when your work isn't going well, and I'm sure, you know, every one of us have had a chance to work in an organization where we didn't feel like we belonged or didn't feel that we had a future or wasn't able to build the right relationships there. You you know that we all know the pain of that and the impact that that can have on people's lives and on their families. And so for me, you know, it really is. And I'm a social worker at heart. I was a social worker when I uh, started in this field, even doing this kind of work 30 plus years ago. But for me, it's all about, you know, helping people and helping organizations create what they're trying to create, you know, and most people want to create good stuff. So to me, that's where the positive positivity comes from it and the passion around it
0: is. Well, it comes off within seconds of talking with you of your passion for the work that you do. So it's and I'm sure everyone already can tell listening. I a lot of. My executives and people in my age group, which I'm, everyone knows I'm 53, uh, <laughs> 10 years above me and 10 years below me, I think one of the things, and I know I just asked you this again today about your experience, I think they'd love to hear a little bit about your background because you were with Covey for 10 years, Franklin Covey. I, was. Yeah. I think they would find that a little bit interesting because I know many of my in my genre uh has the read the books they've done the yep. planners they've sat through those courses <laughs> and you were with them for what 10 years robin yeah
1: i was ten and a half yeah i was
0: yeah i all- um
1: Yeah, my career, you know, has been a combination of kind of working inside organizations as like what I call a talent practitioner and then working external in sort of a partnering way with organizations. So I started initially with banks. I worked, I lived in California at the time and I started with um, Great Western Bank and then I went to First Interstate Bank to actually lead their whole um, learning and development work. And that was where I ran into Franklin Covey. And so we brought Franklin Covey into the bank. They were so, so new then. Honestly, they weren't Franklin Covey. They were Franklin. (laughs) And Covey was separate, right? So they were so, so so new then. And I brought them into the bank because I just loved it. And everybody was looking for ways to be more productive and effective and to, you know, think carefully about, um, you know, what they were doing with their time. So we started working there. I met those folks. I just really... Had such an affinity for it. I loved the organization. It was new, it was growing. So I ended up leaving the bank after, I don't know, three or four years, and I went to be full time with Franklin Covey. I had a great time with them for 10 and a half years, really long run. Um, you know, designing their seminars and also teaching their seminars around the country. I was super fortunate to be able to do that, and I and I get to work like really closely with Hiram Smith, who was the you know founder on the Franklin side, and I of course met um, Stephen Covey. I was there when the whole organ when the organizations merged. So that was a super cool time and a great learning experience for me. Then I went on after that to start my own company in Houston, Texas, which is where my run with um, Covey ended, they moved me around the country, which is really cool to see so much of it and to experience so many different types of organizations. Then I started my own company, but um, then for personal reasons decided to leave Houston and move to Chicago. So I sold my company there and I went to work for a consulting firm in Chicago and then did that for about six years and then started this almost 10 years ago. So I've been in the space a long time, but I always look back on my Franklin Covey days as sort of building courage and confidence, because uh, then we went into so many organizations all over the country, and you could see the differences and the similarities and be able to add value quickly. So um, I don't know, it was a huge learning time for me.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so we're all about uh, delivering content on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to get into that. You shared, we went back and forth on a bunch of things that we wanted to get out Uh, to our uh, listeners, but I'm already going to throw you a curveball because I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this. I'm already throwing you a curveball, Robin. That's just kind of how we roll here. We're in the 16. Uh, But I'm really curious this. So I wanted to ask you this. And I started my own company uh, in 2022. What I wanted to ask you is, and I think it would be interesting for our audience. uh, Why, how... Did you start winning wise, uh, and um, I don't want, for lack of a better emotionally all that stuff that goes into it? I kind of put that ball together for us, and I'd love to hear your perspective on doing this and making yeah. that decision. I'm going back to being an entrepreneur and running my own thing again. I'd love for you to share that perspective to the audience. Yeah,
1: From I mean, for me, I know where, what it started with, what it started with for me was just a love of content. There was some content and some work that I really wanted to do, and I wanted to really build like a practice or a business around it. And I wasn't sure that doing that in the company that I was with before it was the right place for that. So I really for me, it started with that now. Um, and we've done that like we've taken that we have built that content into an online portal now and it's all dedicated around helping people grow their careers and project them in the way that they want but that's how it started for me now when you're trying to build a business though it's a smidge more complicated than that right as much as you can love the content you've also got to make sure that you can deliver <laughs> clients want you to deliver you know and they have quick deadlines and fast turnarounds. so there's a whole delivery arm you've got to figure out which is why i built a team i have a team of people that um, are, are in my company and and I use a few people external but it's really important to me to build enough of people that are a community that we're all working together to support each other and then the third part about that is you've really got to make sure that you drum up business right you've got to make sure that you've got to be practical about it you know you bring on a team of people and and you've got to make sure that you can take care of them and so between putting all the, those pieces together though that's what it to me really takes to be able to think about the Full picture of it, but it didn't doesn't start to me with business development. It starts for me with a passion for the content and for how you can bring that content in order to be able to solve problems. And so that's what I think we do, and I think we do it well. Um, So I don't know. That's just an important way I think to be able to look at how you build one of these kinds of entrepreneurial firms, or maybe any entrepreneurial organization.
0: Yes, well, the passion, the curriculum, and then you took us all the way to the practical. You, yeah, the great idea, but ultimately, networking business development, yes. everything. Be every uh, because I get that question a lot of people, and I, I said, You just have to understand, you as an entrepreneur running your own business, uh, and when I say running your own business, I and Robin, I'll be curious your thought. I don't mean just because it's it's our company you and i your company and then my company i mean even running your own business whether you're working for a big organization or a small organization or medium and it's not really your own but it's your business cuz you're running yeah. it yeah. that business development you can't confuse being busy and having crazy busy days were versus continually be productive oh and yeah i'm not and bringing on new or potential clients. Not uh, the same they're thing. critical, Not whether the same you're thing. doing what like you and I do, or you're working for a big organization or small yeah. organization. So thoughts. Yeah.
1: I mean, for me, like a really cool way to think about that is to surround yourself with great people that can help do things that you don't do or that have perspectives that you don't have. Mm. Because that enables you to thrive, it enables them to thrive, it enables your company to thrive. Like when I think about what it means to thrive in one's work, it's about finding the balance and the sweet spot between what your talents are, what you're actually good at and knowing what you're not good at, right, knowing what your talents are, knowing the kinds of things that you're fairly passionate about, like what can you, you know, really drive with energy and enthusiasm. And then the other part is how much effort are you willing to put in? You know, some people work harder than other people. That is just a fact. And so how much effort are you willing to put in and how does that look in your life? So when you look at your talents, your passion and your effort, and you can figure out your sweet spot around that, super important and then you can surround yourself with people that can put that equation for themselves together. It's a really good way to create thriving for yourself and thriving for the organization. And I think that same philosophy applies as individuals think about their own careers. It doesn't matter whether you work as an entrepreneur or whether you work inside an organization. Think about what you're good at. Think about what you care about and decide about the effort, the engagement that you want to put in, because when you don't choose that way, there's another way that chooses you. And I sometimes refer to that as the survival method. But a lot of people pick their careers on what do I not mind doing that much? What am I not that bad at? And where's the money? And if it's those things, I mean, there's a lot of people that have jobs and roles that are in that kind of survival mode. I mean, it's better to be in a survival mode than not, I suppose. But if you can find a way to flip it, you know, and move it into the thriving mode, um, that's that's a pretty cool way to live and operate in one's career. So it's the difference between looking at um, kind of how you approach it and how you look at it.
0: And I love that because that ties right into in the 16, which I talk about all the time, not just because of the book, but I do with employees Mm -hmm. and organizations is, are you surviving or are you flourishing on a daily basis? And we all have hanging on from a tree trying to survive. That's just the real world. Yes. But if you're not having days where you're like, we are flourishing, that is something where that's just could be an opportunity to say, I need to take a step back to look at it have a coach, uh, someone in my inner circle, whoever it might be. So here's where I think some note taking for people uh, as we're talking. Um, Individuals, how do they thrive and how do they grow in their careers? What does that look like for somebody who's listening today, who's listening, whether individual contributors or they're in leadership already? How do they thrive and grow their careers, Robin?
1: Yeah, well, you put together, you know, what you're good at with what you care about and how you decide how much effort you really want to do with it. You do that. But I also think it's important to realize when you're thriving and when you're flourishing. And you have this in your book, Win 16, as well. But it's not all lollipops and rainbows. You know, just because you're thriving doesn't mean you're not struggling. Doesn't mean you're not challenged. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt some days. It doesn't mean that you don't have big problems to solve. It just means that you are you've got kind of a stick-to-itiveness, you know, you've got that tenacity in order to kind of hang in there and push through because you can sort of see what your bigger vision is really about so um, I think that's important for thriving too right but it's harder to do that it's harder to kind of live through the pain or live through those challenges when you're doing something that you're not that bad at or you don't mind doing or you're just in it for the money because you can get real tired real fast when you're in that sort of survival mode And, um, and sometimes people quit like not just on others, but they quit on themselves. Mm. And so, you know, that's a painful way to be. So the other side is to realize problems are going to happen. You're in a problem solving mode. You just have to have the tenacity to stick with it and the resilience, honestly, to, um, to drive it through.
0: How do they, so how do you teach, coach, mentor, whatever you want to call it, resilience for people? Right? There's some people that just have it. And then there's other people, it's an opportunity and a skill. How do you help them? Do Do you have any tips or suggestions how people could get better at that skill of being resilient?
1: Yeah, I think for all of us, it's like resilience is on a continuum. Right, It's not like you have it or you don't. It's a checked box or it isn't. It's a mindset. And I think there are times that we even ebb and flow with it in our lives. Like sometimes we bounce back faster than we may in other times. It might depend on the complexity of the challenge or how confident you might feel in doing that. But I think there is a way to cultivate resilience or more resilience in ourselves by looking at a couple of things. And 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 it's really the balance of these things that matters most. It isn't doing all of one of these things, but how you balance them out can make a huge difference in the way that I think resilience shows up. In our careers and in our lives. And the first one is being open. And that's really about sort of being open to challenge, you know, not expecting it to be all nice and flowery and perfect, being open to raising the bar in yourself, being open to almost inventing bigger hoops for you to jump through. You know, that's the way we get more resilient is when we kind of stretch our capacity in that way. Does that make sense?
0: The second one,
1: yep. The second one is just plain old good old fashioned optimism. It doesn't mean it has to be Pollyanna ish, but it's about having sort of that commitment to the outcome, you know, that comes with positivity, that commitment to the vision, and that believing that that is possible and that you're going to be able to work your way there. Um, I don't know, a friend of mine calls it PMA, you know, positive mental attitude every day, but it's having that sort of um. Just that sense, because you know that you're working towards something big that you can do. And then the third one is really about taking control. You know, there's an element of execution that comes into play. So how do you assume ownership of things? How do you not, you know, make sure that you're not in that victim mode? And then bring courage and discipline and improve things and know when to let go of stuff. I mean, all of that kind of fits together. But it isn't any one of those things. It's all three of them in a balanced kind of a way. You know, like I think of when I had to have resilience, you know, relatively recently when there's two of them really that come to mind that were big for me. One was COVID, you know, I mean, gosh, in a matter of about a couple of weeks, I had I can't even tell you how many signed statements of work people were canceling and you work hard, you know, to be able to build up a business. And I've got these people to take care of. And, you know, for me, that was hard. And um And it really required optimism, you know, taking control wasn't really working like I couldn't control that. I had to have optimism and faith in a bigger, brighter future. And that then I had to pivot. You know what? I had to figure out how can I be open to this challenge and change what I'm doing? It took that in order to be able to get through that. We pivoted, we remade solutions, we looked for online, we decided to make the uh, online career development experience. But I'd had that in my head that I wanted to do for a long time, but I didn't have time. And I thought, well, now I got lots of time. I have a lot less money, but I have a lot of time. So yes. I'm going to figure this out. But you had to be open to doing it different. You know, I took on some investors. I just did things different than I was ever going to do them before. It was openness and the optimism. You know, I mean, just recently, I'm sure other people have had a lot of fun with stuff like this. I had a surprise tax situation came up that surprised me. That was a setback. Right. I'm like, now what do I do? But in that situation, it wasn't about optimism. It was about control. Take ownership, make some different decisions, fix this problem and move forward. You know, so all I'm saying is it's a balance of those three things. It's not just having any one of them. It's putting them all together. And that allows you, at least I think it allows people to be able to move past um, the challenges that get in their way that could
0: stop you. Oh, absolutely. So that leads me to my next question that flows in brilliantly. So if you're if someone said, hey, Robin, help me with my career, give me some ideas or help me in directing my career growth whatever term people use. How would you help them? Because at times the way the real world perspective is is at times with some organizations, they feel and I understand what companies are doing. You and I talked about this briefly a couple weeks ago that they're trying to empower people and they're saying, Mm -hmm. hey, Karen, Billy, it's your career. You own it. You've got to be the one driving it. And I I do agree with that. But then on the other side, the person is saying, hey, yeah, but I need some support. How do I grow my career? You're the expert. I'm just really good at manufacturing or selling the widget. Give me some guidance. How do you guide people, Robin? How would you direct them on their career growth? Did I set that up okay?
1: Yeah, 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 that makes sense. And, you know, the I, of course, how in the world can we not be responsible for our careers, right? We're responsible sure. for our lives and our careers are a part of our lives. We choose those careers and we're responsible for that. And though careers are built inside complex systems. Right, Most people are working inside organizations and there's a lot of players and there's a lot of decision makers that are inside those organizations. So knowing how to navigate inside those organizations is challenging. I mean, it's hard to know the answers to that. And most people want to know they feel more engaged and productive when they feel like they have a bright future. And Mm -hmm. there's really just two questions. It's, you know, where am I going and how do I get there? Right. Those two questions are pretty darn critical when we're kind of thinking about, you know, our career growth. And what I found in my experience is that most people don't prepare enough, like, what happens is sometimes roles and opportunities come available, sometimes because people vacate those roles, sometimes because organizations create restructures, which they do all the time. Sometimes just when they think it's not gonna happen, a merger and acquisition happens, and you know all sorts of things change and evolve. And so it's so disappointing and painful when people are seeing a role that they want and they're told they're not ready. But they also feel like no one ever told them what to do to be ready. And so they did what they thought was right. They worked really hard. Right. And they and they um, did what they thought was the right thing. And it doesn't maybe, though, didn't showcase the capabilities that are required for the particular role that you desire. So that's why being sure that you're doing this in partnership with people around you and that you are seeking and listening to the expectations that are laid out for those kinds of roles. And you're really seeking and listening to feedback um, that people are giving you, because um, that is a really important way to be able to get yourself prepared for the um, direction that you desire.
0: Does that make sense? That is uh, makes a hundred percent sense. I, I didn't bring this up to you, but I've been talk, communicating. I kind of been buying into this lately. What I this year, and maybe it's been around for a while, uh, but I just read a couple articles in the last three months on this topic, and it makes a lot of sense to me. And that is. A lot of times leaders, and I know over the years, I, I, I got my I, trouble is not the right word, but that's all I can think of is when I started spending too much time on career paths with people, it's a linear one way moving up. But yeah. the problem with that is uh, there's 10 people for the one role and you don't get <laughs> it. And now you right. get nine people now what do that I are do? mad at me, the manager, leader. They're mad at Robin the head of hr cuz they didn't get it and i've really lately been buying into this and talking to the people that i work with and different leaders is career portfolio how do we get people to and really all that is is how do we get people as many experiences as possible daily monthly quarterly yearly so they're working on cognitive thinking they're working on problem solving which those skill sets can be for roles that we don't even know about that might not even be available. So I've really been spending time, please tell me I'm wrong so I can correct myself, is spending, I've been saying, let's get our employees talking and thinking about their careers in terms of experiences in a portfolio so they're building it. And at the end of the year, they can say, here's what I've done. So it's not, for lack of a better word, Robin, a defeatist, I lost out on that role to the awesome Karen in California. Right. So, you give you a lot there. so, jump
1: yeah. in. Yeah, and you might sometimes. So, the first part I think that's important, and that is capability. You know, if you can understand or think about the capabilities that you want to grow in yourself, if you think about what those are, then you can look for experiences and be happy with those experiences because you know you're growing those capabilities, which again, Creates readiness. Now, here's the block that a lot of people will say to me, and it kind of makes me laugh sometimes. They'll say, I want to grow. I want to develop. I want more opportunity. Yeah, I'll do more. I'll take out more responsibility. Oh, well, I don't want to change. I just want to grow. <laughs> right. And so, the idea behind the capability build that I'm mentioning is it's really about embracing personal change. And it means when you explore those experiences that you were mentioning, that you explore those experiences by continuing to show up better, different, bigger. And that's what prepares you for where you wanna go because what you're going to have are bigger problems that you solved, um, bigger um, uh, goals that you've achieved, and those kinds of things help people to be seen as those ready for those bigger and better opportunities. So because you could take on all those new experiences and without a focus on personal change and capability build, you could not go anywhere in those experiences. So just dig a little deeper. I would encourage people to do and think about the layer in there that is about um, capability build through personal change.
0: (laughs) How do people push themselves to do that? Like what, what triggers them to say, okay, Robin's awesome, I got it. I wanna get more experiences. I wanna grow, I wanna develop, and I'm willing to change. So now how do I push myself to create this personal change? Like, what does that look like?
1: Here's my favorite. It can help you be happier. Like oh, just happier. Happier is like a great place to start, right? All of us get up every day with sort of a desire to meet our own needs, right? And we feel good when we go to bed and our needs were met and not so great when we go to bed when they weren't met. And the truth is, we're responsible for meeting our own needs, right? I've got to make myself happy. You've got to make yourself happy. If you're lucky enough to have a spouse or a boss or a partner or a child that's interested in meeting your needs and make you happy, well, good for you. <laughs> but
0: yeah, generally yeah,
1: right. speaking, generally speaking, most of us, right, we have responsibility for meeting those needs. So think carefully about the needs that you have in your work and think carefully about what is really important to you and what's less important to you what is met and what is not met because if you okay. can think about what do i need that i'm not getting what do I need that i'm not getting as a really important question then it can then you can say to yourself well how do I do that and there will come the answer of a personal change that is meaningful so if a need that i'm having for instance that i want to be more included in some of the higher level decisioning I feel like I'm on the receiving end of decisions and people don't consult me, right? Let's say that I have that need because people do. I'll tell you, there's a boatload of pain out there at work sometimes when I didn't get invited to a particular meeting even though we know there's tons of complaining about being invited to too many meetings, (laughs) sort of an odd little irony. But when you're not invited to something or you're not consulted about something, it can take a real ding on people. So if you want to change that, then embrace the personal change that would create that. You can't order people to include you, but you can make yourself valuable enough that they want to. How can you be more essential? What would be really important to build more trust with people that then they would think we're not going to do this without speaking to her or to him or to you? Or how can you show more confidence that people are like, you know, if we don't have their point of view on this, we can't be confident that we even have the right answer. So how do you do things that create the environment where what you need gets met? And it's those kinds of personal changes that make that happen. And they propel your career forward.
0: Uh, You know what else? Another one, too, on everything you just said. Sometimes it's as simple as just asking. Sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes it
1: is. But when you ask, you also want to make sure that people actually really like feel the need to do that. Oh. Because, yes, you can ask and maybe out of kindness, they'll do it. But if you're really wanting to create something sustainable, then you want to be sure that you are adding the kind of value that makes them think that's what they want, makes them feel that's what they want. You I'm, raising, yeah.
0: I'm raising okay. my hand right now. Only Robin okay. can see me. And I always do this on this show very often. So the listeners cannot see me. Um, this isn't really a question. It's more of a comment. And then you're going to jump on this, I'm sure. I, On this topic uh, about asking for this or communicating, uh, here's a, a tip or a recommendation. When we communicate to our leaders, our human resource people, whoever it might be, one tip on this subject when we're talking about our career, because I think this is so critical and it's so important, it needs to be the setting needs to be right. So my one tip I'd like to throw out here, Robin, please comment. The timing has to be right. Yeah, if, you're, absolutely. If, you're, if you're dropping your boss off at the airport at three o'clock and they got to catch a flight, that is not the time to say, hey, I want to talk about my career experiences. <laughs> or Probably. it's the end. I guess I would always recommend to people read the room or read the Zoom call or read the telephone call. I always recommend to people, Your career is so important to you. You deserve to have the right time. So if you're working with Robin Clark, you need to tell her or ask her and say, I want 30 minutes of dedicated time on this. That's the only thing I want to talk about. When can we schedule it? Absolutely. Because I know a lot of people don't do that, Robin. And they get frustrated.
1: Right. They do get frustrated. They wait for their boss to do it. And then if their boss doesn't do it, then they're not developing my career. So absolutely. You know, the more that you can schedule those kind of conversations, the better. And the more that you can come to those conversations really proactive about what you're thinking and where you want to go, because I'll tell you, your boss is nervous during those conversations and they're nervous because they don't necessarily know what to tell you, what your path or your future might be. And so if you can sort of look at it as like a brainstorming partnership where you're exploring options and you make it okay for them to know or not know and okay for you guys to just be in conversation about it, you'll figure it out. You'll build the right momentum and figure it out. But if you go into those conversations looking for answers, you'll probably be disappointed and probably push them away so that they won't be as helpful in those conversations. Does that make sense? Oh, total sense. People need to think about the way they run those, the way they show up for those conversations too, even if they get brave enough to schedule it, yeah.
0: Thank you for that, brave. I love that word, brave. Uh, for For our leaders out there listening, a couple of things I want you to think about on this topic. What has frustrated you in your career journey when you have had these career conversations and you leave the meeting or the telephone conversation very frustrated. I would ask you, what are those? Write them down and don't replicate those with your people.
1: Yeah, that's great advice. What is frustrating? Sure. Because
0: I will tell you, I have over 20 years of experience and I can guarantee one thing. I absolutely have frustrated people over the years. So what were they and what <laughs> are they? So I don't write because I've I've learned. What yeah. were they? What does that look like? And when these conversations come up, if somebody says, Hey, I want to talk to you and you're not ready for it. Second thing I want to point was park that conversation. Say, it's, don't get into that until you're ready because you could really damage your credibility, your value, yeah. your relationship professionally. When I talk about relations, I'm not talking about being buddy, buddy. Yeah, yeah. You might want to say, Hey, Karen, I want to talk to you about this. I think it's great, but I want to tell you, I'm not prepared right now to talk to you about that. So I need to be able to do when I bring my best, and it's not today. Can we reschedule that? If you do that, the credibility you've just brought with your employee, because no one's ever done that most likely to them. Yeah. Let me come next time prepared. And if you still don't know what you need to do, I think that's where the Robin Clarks of the world can really help and dive into this of, hey, I need to have some leadership conversations about people's career, and I want to get better at it. If I'm honest with myself, I know my widget. I know my company's brand really well. I know how to drive sales numbers, but I got to be honest with you. I am not a great career counselor. So leaders out there, you might need to get on the phone, and I know you don't maybe want to do it, but I would challenge you you should learn to want to do that because your people will love you yeah. if you get good at that. So, Robin. It's a,
1: yeah, it's go. an absolute calling for leadership. You know, that's another thing you think about when you think about how you want to build your career, right? You should go into leadership. You should go into leadership if you want to do two really significant things one is establish direction and drive execution, and two, grow people. Because if you don't want to do those two things, Those two big things. Then maybe, you know, leadership isn't exactly your calling. But what the challenge is, right, is that we're not always um, developed ourselves in order to really be able to be as effective on the grow people side as we really want to be. So all I'm saying is as an employee, realize that this is your opportunity to work in partnership with your leader. Don't expect them to lead your career. Just hope That you really get someone that you can be a teammate with in trying to figure out and navigate, negotiate through what would be good for you and good for the organization at the same time. The more you approach it from a shared success perspective, what do I need and what does the company need and how do we do those two things at the same time, the better off you're going to be in terms of creating opportunity. Now, the other thing that I've seen that happens to folks when they have a leader who does engage and talk to them is they don't really make a plan for how to implement the feedback that they receive. And then they don't circle back and follow up enough on how the growth that they're doing is going because people don't always see other people growing. It's a little bit like trying to watch paint dry. You know, like, how do you do that? You can touch it and eventually see if it's dry or not, but it's hard to see other people growing in interpersonal ways. And it's usually those interpersonal ways that are the career makers and the career breakers. So, It's important to be sure that you've got a plan, that you're using that plan to show up differently in engagements and then circling back with people about what you're doing, what you're learning and what the impact is. If you share those things, then people know those things. But if you don't do that, don't be surprised at all if people will still come back with the, I'd like to see you in that role at some point. But I don't mm-hmm. think you're quite ready.
0: Yeah, and debilitating. which is exactly.
1: And yeah. so, and people are so confused about what the ready button is. So listen to feedback, show up differently, share what you're doing, what the impact is, seek more feedback, and you'll be able to see um, you'll be able to see your career progress in partnership with those around you. Yeah, because the still- thing is, like as much yeah. as I, in charge of my career, I don't make all my own career decisions. I don't get to decide if I get role X or not. Mm-hmm. I don't get to decide if I get opportunities in a particular area. Other people make those decisions, which is why it's so important to engage them in your journey. And yes. the cool thing is most people actually want to be a partner in your journey. They do. They may not know how to do it very well. <laughs> and they may need some understanding and support and coaching and guidance, but most people want to help other people.
0: Absolutely. And I think that in for our for us leaders out there, trust me when I tell you this, you got a tough job. So for the sales leadership out there, I know what you're facing is that number that's held right. over your head Absolutely. every day, every week, every month. Every Absolutely. Quarter. I get it. With that said, there's nothing more attractive than out of the blue sending a text, email, or a call to somebody and saying, Hey, I just want to see how you're doing on your career growth and how you're feeling these days. How can I support you? And not talk about anything other than that or even that. I was just thinking about you and not waiting for the six month review or whenever you do it. You actually come across as you care about the person. And it's amazing if you are trying to create a legacy as a leader. That'll get you start the journey. No doubt.
1: No, doubt. no doubt. No doubt.
0: And most doubt. people don't do that, right? They get caught up in. Yes. I didn't, say, I didn't say it was easy, everybody. Trust me when I tell you, I get it. I know it's hard.
1: Yeah. You're bringing up something kind of cool, which is it's the conversation and the questions that produce the engagement and the performance and the productivity. Like you'll see productivity catapult when you do that. Leaders sometimes think that it's the answers. They have to have that produce those outcomes. But it's not. It's the it's the care and it's the question. So that's kind of a relief in a way that um as a leader, like it doesn't all sit on you. It just is there for you to initiate. It makes a big difference.
0: You know, Rob, you're right, too, because even in my role with Pog One Consulting, I'll get people all the time that they're. they're their anticipation is okay, you're here now, whether it's one on one or group settings. All right, uh, tell us what we need to do fi- to fix all this. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's not what I do. It's usually <laughs> if it was that easy, um, I always yeah. kid around with Robin. I always kid around with them. If it was that easy, I would charge way more money than I do. Yeah. Because you buy me and so would everybody else. That's not what it is. It's about questions and understanding and listening and together coming up with ideas. So I've got one last question for you okay and I think this is uh, gonna be awesome for people to take note of. What are the three what are the three best tips, Robin that you have for people to grow themselves and their careers? So three tips you recommend, uh, that people might be able to benefit that can help grow themselves and their careers. I thought it'd be a great way to end today with that. Okay.
1: Number one, this is easy. Number one, embrace personal change. Make sure that you are in constant evolution around growing your capability and um, and even your mindset. So number one, number two, align the way that you're going to grow and or personally change to what makes you happy and satisfied. Align it with your needs. All right, that can may be to, you know, be included. It may be to do meaningful work. It may be to, you know, get career advancement, but align it to your needs. And number three, understand the needs and expectations of others and find the alignment with yourself. Like really make a plan around that, listen to that, build a fan base around that, and you will see huge opportunities come to you um, just by doing those three things. Embracing personal change, aligning growth to your needs so you're happy, and listening to feedback and acting upon it with a plan. Huge.
0: I've got a dramatic pause because I'm writing all this down. I'm no, I am know. It's
1: good stuff, though. But those are like really critical things that can absolutely drive your career forward. And it means that it's not like I've got my sights on a certain role. It means I am readying myself for whatever opportunities may come my way. And it might be a role. It might be a cool project. It might be a different level. But it really is a readiness thing. Um because, you know, people go into these, you know, talent reviews and um, they talk about you and your career. Other people make decisions about where you're going. And so you want to be sure that you are aligned and connected to that so that you're working in a together sort of way, in a shared success kind of way with those inside your organization.
0: I, I'm so aligned with you, Robin. I was speaking to a college and they asked me, so what recommendations? And I and I, I said to them, just experience as much as you can. If you're in right. wherever, you, wherever you're working and they have an opportunity for experience, raise your hand, say, I'll do it. Yeah, give it a
1: shot. You, yeah.
0: If you can look back and every year just get more and more experiences. And when mm-hmm. I said that to them, I said, you could be, I'm talking about being in the same position. Yeah. People confuse being in, this role, whatever it is, I am role A. Within role A, if you can get experiences and other different things, I didn't say different departments. I'm saying skill sets. I'm saying cognitive flexibility, problem solving, all of those kind of things that could help you for the next role. Raise your hand. Absolutely, no doubt. Raise your hand, no doubt. Robin. because
1: that—that's how you're embracing your growth. So yeah,
0: good. Robin Clark, CEO of WinningWise, thank you so much for your kindness, for being so articulate. Bringing your brain to win the 16 today was awesome. You, I've taken so many notes myself. I am sure many of our listeners did. Uh, before we part ways, anything else you would like to tell us, say before we part ways, my friend.
1: Yeah, well, you know, for those of you listening that might have uh, talent development needs in your organization, please reach please. out to us. You you can find us at uh, www.winningwise.com. Super easy. And uh, just you know, leave us your contact information, or you can look me up on LinkedIn and send me a note. I'm Robin Clark, and that's Robin with a Y, so you can find me a little easier that way. And um, you know, we just you know love to talk with you individually or with your organizations to see if we can help in the growth space.
0: It's our thing. And Robin, I'm totally curious too. I think I have an idea, but I don't want to say it. Who are your why? What are what is the clients that that are perfect fits for you? What does that look like? for you know,
1: out there. Honestly, you know, like mid-size organizations, even smaller ones though too. You know, if you've got some people challenges going on and you're looking to solve those kinds of things, whether you're small, mid or large, we work in all of them. I mean, we have some organizations that are 150 people and we have some organizations that are, you know, 20,000 people that we work with. You know, we're very experienced in how to roll things out in a simple way And uh, we find that that is valued, whether you're big or small. Um, We also know how to, you know, um, sort of navigate the processes in large organizations, too. It's where our experience and background is. So, you know, if we can just talk it over and then we'll figure it out. So don't worry too much about our criteria.
0: Well, I I just think that's helpful for people to get an idea of. Because sometimes I get people who are like, they say, we're too big or we're not big enough. And they just don't understand the parameters yeah, necessarily. If you, and I didn't either. So this was great.
1: Yeah. Uh, you've so got again, people. You've probably got opportunity.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Robin, thank you so much. Win the 16 podcast listeners, thank you as always for spending some time with us. We hope we brought some content and value to you today. As always, we respect you. And we love that you're listening. For those of that, those of you who purchased and read Win the 16 Principles and Strategies, g's to optimize your day thank you we appreciate you and again thanks for listening to win the 16 podcast today and we'll be back in two weeks so thank you everybody
1: thank you for listening to the win
0: the 16 podcast presented by pygon one please follow us on spotify or apple podcast episodes will be released every other wednesday at 7 a.m central time Thank you and go win the 16!